Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Marty, and you are joining us for another edition of Marty's Friends. Today we're going to be talking about how to rev up your results with who doesn't want to do that, right? So this is a program about how honoring your history will enhance your future. And during the next hour with me and our special guest today, Sandra Joseph, you're going to discover how to tap into God's perspective of your life and why it will enhance your future, the best way to remember and recognize precious moments and memories, exactly what to do with really bad memories, including failures, disappointments, and abuses from your past, creative ways to incorporate remembering and recognizing into your everyday life, and how to live in such a way that will leave a strong spiritual legacy for everyone in your sphere of influence. Our guest today is Sandra Joseph. She is a certified biblical life coach and the co-founder of Reminders of Faith. She's also a speaker who has inspired audiences at Hearts at Home, Lifeway, Mom Time, Salvation Army, and various women's groups. And she's one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. Her website is recognizeandremember.com. Welcome to you, Sandra. Well, thank you, Marnie. I'm so delighted to be here. This is a real treat. Well, it is great to have you, and I love this topic, Rev Up Your Results by Thinking About Your History. You know, that's kind of an interesting approach to revving up results. You know, usually people are going to want some steps and, you know, um, you know, tell me how I can feel more energized, and this is a real different approach to revving us up, and I'm curious how you got involved in thinking about, you know, your website is recognizeandremember.com. How did you ever tap into the value of this? Well, as a little girl, I've always been interested in history, family history particularly. I love the stories that were told on my grandparents' farms. And I loved, you know, the reminders that were in those old farms of family and and what they had gone through and where they had been. And so as I grew older and started to have a family of my own, and we started creating those same type of life memories, um, I would often draw upon them, um, especially when times got tough. And believe me, there were a lot of tough times. And so instead of like, always just forging ahead and trying to figure out how can I get through this? What's the smartest way? What's the next technique? As I looked back and would see God's faithfulness in the past, it reminded me of who he was, how he doesn't change, and how um, he was going to be the same through whatever situation we were going through. Mm. Um, I like to take take a look at God's perspective in all of our in all of our memories and all of our life. So, and this, and, and you'll want, you'll recognize this because as a life, as a coach yourself, you'll understand what we're talking about here. But, you know, in all of our lives, God has a purpose for us and he's writing that story. He promises he's going to fulfill those purposes for us. So when we start with that perspective in mind, it, it easily leads to the next and then the next and then the next. I'd be glad to share them with you, but I want to make sure I don't overwhelm you. <laughs> yeah, well, and I actually, Sandra, I actually have a, a mantra. I, I don't know. I call them mantras or catchphrases or whatever. These are these phrases that just go over and over in your head, and they just come right to mind in the moment. 
And um, one of them is based on Revelation 3, where Jesus is standing at the door and knocking, and he wants to come in and have supper with you. And so when I am overwhelmed and I'm needing that perspective, I'll be like, okay, God, I just need you to talk to me about this from your perspective. And to recognize that that's a big difference from my perspective of what's going on. But I bet if you were sitting across the table from the Lord at, and, and you had opened up your door and you had let him in, which you've obviously done, and as you sat there around the table and you shared life together, I bet there would be some perspective on what God has done in your life and, oh, um, yeah. and what his purpose is for your life. So when we start with the concept that God will fulfill his purposes for us from Psalm 138.8, then then it's easier to go through some of those difficult times. And the other thing I have found in all of life is that God is using everything that happens to tell his story. And oftentimes that means those are really difficult things. And um, sometimes those are really glorious things. But I can I share a story here with you about that? Oh, yeah. Um, my grandparents um, in the 19, late 1940s, early 50s um, had a daughter that came down with polio. And uh, they lived on a farm, as I mentioned before. And so the, my grandmother had to go to the city with her daughter that had polio and my father and grandfather were um, living in the farm at that point and they got quarantined, meaning nobody could come to them and they weren't allowed to go out. Because there's a great fear of, corn, of uh, polio at that time. And my dad tell, would often tell the story of, he remembers when the pastor of their little country church brought a meal Um, but wouldn't get out of the car, kind of left it at the end of the driveway, and Mm. um, but would would roll down the window and shout at my grandfather. And my grandfather, Mm. in tears, getting that meal, saying, what did I do wrong that God is doing this to my family? Now, to me, just hearing that story helps me when I'm in those parts, in that same place. Oh, my grandfather struggled with that. And so, and, and look how God was faithful. That daughter lived. She worked with Dr. Jonas Salk in Pittsburgh wow. to be part of the <laughs> um, polio, you know, vaccine. And I see now on this side of it how God worked. But that, that's a powerful story, a powerful God right. story. Right. Well, the Bible talks a lot about, you know, our history, looking back and, and learning from that and remember. That word is in the Bible a lot, remember. You know, just keep remembering that. So how do we tap into God's perspective? Well, the first thing we need to do in our own life is remember God's faithfulness. And, of course, he's faithful every day. He makes the sun come up. Every breath we take is from, is from God. Um, but he's also very faithful in very um, specific times in our lives. And when we can kind of recognize that, see that moment for what it is, and then draw upon that moment in the future, that helps us show that God doesn't change. So when I tell that story of my grandfather, 
um, and I can look back on it and see how God used the life of my aunt in the for a bigger picture, I can see the faithfulness of God. And but at that point in time, my grandfather couldn't in in his life. So that's um that's a really important part of it. Um, the scripture tells us to remember the wonders he has done. Um, and as you remember, you know, you remember the wonders. What are, well, we think of big things. We think of babies being born. We think of, um, you know, jobs that we've got. We think of marriages. But there's a lot of faithfulness in the little things, too. You know, sitting around my table um, when my family is here, that is God's faithfulness to my husband and I. Um, and that's a very sweet, very sweet reminder of God's goodness to us, even when life seems unsure. Remember, as you remember God's faithfulness, your faith grows. And um, your mind will be set at ease. And you will share your stories of God's faithfulness again and again. So. In the first 20 years of our marriage, my husband and I went through one difficulty after another. And there were so many times when I just wanted to run. I wanted to run. Um, And I even remember telling somebody, you know, if I leave, it's not because I don't love him. It's because the pain is so hard right now to get through. And I remember one day having to go through some old photographs to see, uh, pull something for one of my girls' school projects. They were always needing photos for something. And you know, you go back and you look at those, those photos and you see how God drew my husband and I together and the journey he set us on um, on that September 5th day and 35 years ago. And you start to see his faithfulness in the journey that he led us on. And so when those difficult times came, especially in those first 20, 25 years, um, that was a great help to me to remember God's faithfulness, that how he had drawn us together, how he had worked in our lives, how he had provided for us, how he had blessed us with children, and now um, how he was asking me to have confidence in his faithfulness to push through the struggle. And we did. And here we are 35 and a half years later. I can't tell you it was easy, but I can tell you that um, I grew, my faith grew tremendously during that time. And that's probably what got me so passionate about the recognize and remember, because I saw how God used it in my own life. Well, and I just think, you know, when I'm talking with people too, and they're becoming weary in the <laughs> weary in the process of things and wanting to give up and walk away or whatever, you know, it's like your your breakthrough could be right around the next corner. You don't know. You don't know. Like for you, I mean, you mentioned 20 to 25 years. It was very difficult, and now you're at 35, and I'm sure you still have, you know. Uh, patches of it, but, you know, 20 through 25 years is a lot longer than a lot of people are willing to hang in in a marriage, and yet God is faithful, and he He honors. I don't think that you could have ever invested anything there that you will not be rewarded for. Absolutely, and I'm not, 
I mean, not all of those 25 years were horrendous, but there were certain struggles in there that really made me want to run away and want to quit and want to give up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that remembering God's faithfulness to us was, was a real blessing and a real key point for me to keep on going and to grow my faith. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that God is always at work. You know, he tells the Israelites over and over and over again, remember when I, when I took you through the Red right. Sea? Remember when I took you through the Red Sea? And he does that because he wants them to have trust and confidence that he's the same God that will keep doing the same things. Right, and it does change our future. It does make the future easier because, you know, we can only be in the moment we're in, but our minds like to go run ahead and make a scenario and, you know, be be out there. And if the scenario can be filled with faith from the things that God has shown himself faithfulness in the past, um, that's going to radically change our experience in the moment. So you're going to remember this story very easily. Um, the story from Joshua when the Israelites not this time crossed the Red Sea, but when they crossed the Jordan into the Promised Land. And they were supposed to set up a stone tower, which they did. And when the children asked, what do those stones mean, they were supposed to tell the story of, well, how faithful God had taken them through the Red Sea, had, had allowed them to wander for 40 years, and then had taken them into the Promised Land. And, and of course, when they told those stories, um, the story of, you know, Jericho and that crazy battle plan and all that would, would be part of it. But, you know, the very, the very next story comes in Judges, and um, Judges 2.10 says that a whole generation had been gathered that did not know the Lord or what he had done for Israel because they were not told. So when we tell our stories, so when I'm sitting around the Sunday table and I have three married daughters um, and husbands and grandchildren all running around and I, and I might tell a story of a very difficult time for my husband and I, you know, that's a story that is then being passed down generationally to, that, to my children that they might then be able to use in their life and they might be able to use it in the lives of those grandchildren running around. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Swedberger visiting today with Sandra Joseph of RecognizeAndRemember.com. We're going to take a short break and come right back and talk about the best way to remember and recognize precious memories as well as exactly what to do with really bad memories. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. 
That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marty, and our guest today, Sandra Joseph, is here with us talking about how to rev up your results. <laughs> We're going to talk next about the best way to remember and recognize precious memories and what we're trying to do here is talk about how how these memories actually enhance our lives now and in the future so what are some of the best ways sandra to remember and recognize precious memories well we are living in a wonderful time to be able to do it in a variety (laughs) of ways that work for you so I want you to kind of think back um, when the Bible was born, um, not very many people even wrote or were able to read. And so when literacy came into our world, that was great. People could start writing and start leaving their own personal memories. And then we had things like um, Mark Twain was actually one of the first ones who made scrapbooks, and he patented his own scrapbook. So it was mostly the the men's job for a long time to keep the memories and and to write down what was going on. And today's world is fascinating. And whatever your bent is, we can find a way for you to recognize and remember those, you know, to be able to recognize those memories. So for myself, probably the best way that I keep track of memories is through a prayer journal. I've been doing this ever since the beginning of of our marriage and I would write I write down prayer concerns during my uh, quiet time with the Lord each day if I go back and look over those prayer concerns I see the I see the hand of God all through it I see the weave of how he brought me to a situation and and how I had to work through it and how he brought me out of it or or maybe somebody else Um, so those prayer journals are their family history right there. Uh, we live in a digital world. Oh my goodness. How many times have you taken a selfie or you've seen your kids take a selfie or everywhere we're, take, we're documenting through photographs? Well, those photographs are reminders of God's faithfulness. Every time you get to meet with a friend, every time um, you, get, you take a snapshot of one of your children or one of your grandchildren. That is a recognizable moment. I have a friend who is skilled in artwork, and she doesn't take notes. She draws in art, and she is leaving a phenomenal uh, legacy of her stories through art. And um, that's just the way God has, has gifted her. And I'm telling you, all the ways we have now with video and Facebook Live and Instagram Live and all those, those are ways that we are, you know, again, visually leaving um, memories. So there's lots of ways in our world today. I think probably the most important is to just do it and not allow <laughs> your we world yeah, whatever way is best for you to be intentional so that whenever you do snap, take a snapshot of something and, you know, take a minute on your phone and put a little memory with it so that when it clips through, you'll be able to say, oh, yeah, that's when I was able to go to that women's conference and, and God put that together and he provided a way for me to go and I remember that message. There's just, this is just a fabulous time to really be able to document God's faithfulness. 
One of my favorite ways has been to um, do an annual, just like on there. It's just a like a notebook page, but it just has each year. And I started it several years ago, looking back, you know, at where the highlights were in the year, and I could only pick, you know, as much as would fit on one line. And so it was really highlights. But boy, looking back at that later amazingly big things that God has done for me and so easy to scan in just, you know, one sheet like that. But not all of the things in our lives are happy. Um, a, a lot of things in our lives are very painful. Uh, what, what do you do about that? Well, the first thing I would say is not to run from them. You know, God uses it all. He, we just don't glorify God in our good moments. <laughs> All of our life is his story written for him to be glorified. And that means the painful, the ugly, the failures, the disappointment. And if we only look at the good, then we are misleading ourselves and the next generation that there won't be any hard times. And isn't that the problem with social media today? Like, it is very rare that someone puts on social media just how horrible things have been for them. Instead, we tend to make things look really pretty. So when you do come up with a difficult time, and I'm, I'm going to talk about a failure in my life. And trust me, there's been numerous failures. But several years ago, um, God had called me to start a business called Reminders of Faith. And boy, did he open the doors for that. He just, one thing after another was going the right way. We were pub publishing books and, and doing some product development. And in the course of about eight months, um, there were so many things that happened, um, including a distributor that got sold and all of our products got hijacked between two states and got pulled off of a railway where we had no idea where they were. And we, I had a business partner who had a severe tragedy in her life that just really derailed us. Anyhow, all that to say, the business had that end. And I had taken um, venture capitalists, you know, friends who had invested in my business. And you want to talk about a failure. Oh, my goodness. This was God's business. It was all about encouraging people to remember his faithfulness. Um, and I just felt like the biggest failure in the world. But, but God, there's that but God. Mm -hmm. But he used that in my life um, to take the ministry to the next step and the next step and the next step. And as painful as it was, I wanted to quit, and I wanted to run away, and I wanted to run, hide my head underneath, you know, underneath a blanket. Instead, he pushed me. He pushed me to go on and do more and do more and keep trusting. And um, I always see that as, as a way that he, you know, as I share that story now, people can't believe it. They can't believe that I would continue on after such a failure. And yet, isn't that what we're called to do, to trust and keep on going? And, um, and you know, you think of the story of Joseph. In, in many ways, Joseph just 
kept on going. He kept on going even when he was a slave and even when he was a prisoner. He kept faithfully getting up and doing what God called him to do regardless of the results so that when God did put him in a place, he was ready to really utilize the gifting he had learned. Um, He was ready. So don't run from it. That's the first thing. And, you know, don't be embarrassed of it. Every one of us has something that has gone on in our lives that we wish wouldn't have happened. Um, But it can be used as a teaching time and for a display of God's splendor um, as we work through our faith and as our faith gets stronger. So don't be afraid of it. And as much as possible, document it. Um, (laughs) Document it. I know that sounds really difficult, but... I can tell you, I have my, I have, of my two farm grandmothers, I have, one of them, I have their wooden ironing board, and the other one, I have that really heavy irons that they used in, like, the 1920s, mm. 1930s, during the Depression. And while it's lovely to have their things, I would rather know what they were thinking about as they used those things. Mm. I want to know what was it like to go through the Depression. Were they scared? Were they afraid? Were they concerned about their family? Were they concerned that there wouldn't be any retirement? That's what I want to know because then that will encourage me in my own faith journey. So failures and disappointments, they don't scare God and they shouldn't scare us to, to uh, share them. I love that line. They don't scare God and they shouldn't scare us. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, you're talking about you're talking about your business um your business situation there. And I mean that was like a really difficult one to survive. It's different when, you know, your little restaurant or whatever goes out of business in under bad circumstances. But yours was a um ministry, a business about, you know, how God was always faithful. And then you go out of business. And that's really tough. It's like, wow. That's hard. But, you know, just this last Sunday, some friends of ours, uh, Frank and Kathy King, have been in, mission, in missionaries in Italy for 42 years. And they sat and showed, I mean, there's just been recently now, in the past few years, there's been a tremendous breakthrough in their ministry where it has expanded, it has just expanded to major sizes and even grown from just being for Italians to gypsies and Arabs and Moroccans. And it's just, I sat there and cried as I watched that video because for years and years, and they would come and stay with us often. And for years and years, they would come back and they would stand up there and they would say, you know, we continue to work. It is a very difficult field. And like he, like he said, you know, it's like sowing sowing seeds onto cement, you know, but what happened was their faithfulness, 42 years, their faithfulness there has been rewarded with, with uh, results. And what I was crying about on Sunday wasn't that. I was crying about the mercy of God to let them see it at all. Because so Mm -hmm. many times God asks us to be faithful and we don't get to see the outcome of our faithfulness. Other people after us see it. Like your grandfather maybe never knew the effect of that, you know, uh, but, but God allowed them to see it. And that is a gift. That's not something that we need to require in order to be faithful. And when we're going through painful circumstances, what if we can remember some of these stories where, you know, it took 42 years in your marriage, it took over 25 years to settle down at all in, in, you know, these different situations, you don't see it when you're in it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, and that gives us the endurance. So I want to. I just want to go back to Joseph for just a minute because I love this. You know, people think, oh, Joseph's life got Joseph's life was successful whenever he got to stand in front of Pharaoh and he got to tell him what that his dream was. No, Joseph's life was successful every day he woke up yeah. and chose mm-hmm. to serve God and remember God's call on his life. And so when he well, got to yeah. stand before Pharaoh, he was ready. But he wasn't, that didn't make him successful. He was successful even in that prison, even in Potiphar's house, he was successful. Yeah, and it was those, it was those daily choices of faith that made him ready to be, you know, second in command of a land and made him ready to receive his brothers with forgiveness instead of Absolutely. with, oh, finally the opportunity to give them back what they gave me. I mean, really, that was an amazing response. And I, I too, Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because his story, living it, I mean, it's one thing to read it in a couple chapters. It's, I can't even imagine living it. <laughs> it had to be so No, confusing. but you're living your own version of it every day and you're That's seeing right. how God has faithfully called That's you. That's right. Purposed you. Look at the ministry you have. I mean, look where he's brought you and how you're sharing. Those are just. That's all God at work in you, and all a just you know, all telling His story, and that's that's just fabulous. So, it really is, and I love that. One of the things I love about God is how much He loves story. I mean, even history. That's His story. You know, it's all God's story. Mm-hmm. But what I think about heaven is I really believe that we will get to see the rest of the stories from a perspective that will not cause us pain. We'll already know. It's all done. It's just, you know, he had it all the time. And, in fact, I have a saying I I adopted a couple years ago that now I just say all the time. I choose to be as grateful in this moment when I can't see Jesus working as I will be when I'm face-to-face with him and I'm flat down saying, sorry, 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 because <laughs> at that moment, we'll be able to see what he was doing, you know, and right now, sometimes it's really hard to see what he's doing. Well, that sounds to me like you are choosing to be grateful in your recognizable moments. Yeah, right. Well, I have a, I have a funny story I'll add to that, and then we'll take a little break here, but um, years ago, I was just ranting, God, you're not doing what you said you would, you're not completing your promises, you know, what, you're lying to me, what are you doing, what are you doing? And I went in my room, and um, I just was like, you've got to talk to me, because I am so frustrated, I don't know what you're doing. And he's, he's like, just look in James 4.10, it just came into my mind, just look in James 4.10. It wasn't James 4.10, because James 4.10 is where he always sent me, which was humble yourselves in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but he sent me to James uh, 414. And I was like, well, I know James 410, that's where you always send me, but I don't know James 414. So I was real curious, and so I opened up the Bible, and in the Amplified Version, it says, you do not know the least thing. That's how that verse starts. And it hit me, and it hit me just like uh, the funniest thing I had ever heard. And I was like, oh my goodness, you really want me to shut up and take my place and let you be the God and me to be the Marnie, and, you know, and I walk out of the room, and I was laughing, and everybody in my family, if I see people, I just look at them, and I say, I don't know the least thing, <laughs> and I walk <laughs> and I, it was just 
such a freeing moment to recognize that all of this stuff feels so intense and so terrible and so scary right now. God's got it. You know, he, he's got it, and we can trust him. We sure can. Well, we're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about some creative ways to incorporate remembering and recognizing into your everyday life. We'll be right back. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Welcome back to Rev Up Your Results, how honoring your history will enhance your future. We're talking today with Sandra Joseph of RecognizeAndRemember.com. Sandra, why don't you share with us some creative ways to incorporate remembering and recognizing into your everyday life? I'd be glad to. So I'm going to start with just some personal things that you probably have in your home right now. So... I bet you have frames of photos of people, you know, mm-hmm. as you, you know, on your refrigerator, maybe, uh, you know, on your piano, on your windowsill, whatever. You might have a few frames. That right there is you are recognizing those people. So above my window on my kitchen, I have a little um, cord and it has little uh, clothes pins and I have my four grandchildren up there. And every mm-hmm. time when I go to do the dishes, I look up and I see one of them and I pray for them. Um, you know, that those children's children are a gift. And I look up and I see those. And those are a sweet, recognizable memory, you know, a, a reminder to me that those are God's gifts to me. Um, I want to talk about uh, journals. Oh, my goodness. Don't we love a new journal, especially women love a new journal. We get a new journal. We pick it out. It's beautiful. We open it up. And sometimes we're just so afraid to write in it. We're so afraid mm-hmm. to share. But, but get a journal and, and work it to death. You know, work it. Think of my grandmothers. Think of my grandmothers with, I have her iron, one of them their ironing board and the other one their iron. I'd rather have their journals. I'd rather know what were they were thinking about, what were they praying about, what were they struggling through. Um, think about what you could be leaving for the future generation. There are so many ways to journal. There's the grateful journal, which is kind of what I heard you just talk about. Um, there's, a, there's, you know, all kinds of Bible journaling now where you, um, you know, you actually paint and draw pictures on your, your Bible. There's just a thousand ways to journal. Um, And so if that's the way you are, do that. You know, my husband and I just recently bought a map of all, um, an old vintage map of all the national parks in the United States. And we put on the back of it, we taped, made a little place, and we started documenting all the national parks we've gone to and what year it was. And that is just a, sweet little way to recognize and remember. 
Marnie, have you ever gotten a note from somebody that just encourages you, helps you know that what you're doing is is worthwhile? I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Tuck that note in the back of your Bible or tuck it someplace where you'll occasionally run across it. And, you know, you don't do it every day, but you will occasionally see that. I have a note from a single mother that I work with pretty regularly. It's in the back of one of my journals. And I, when I pull that out, I just, oh, yeah, Lord, I am called to work with her. And it is a sweet blessing. And look what you've done in her life. Make videos. You know what? Not too long ago, my grandchildren and I, I, was, I had them for an afternoon, and we, it was during Christmas, and we got out the nativity set, and we videoed each other telling the Christmas story. I mean, it was completely <laughs> ridiculous. They're six years, one of them's six, one of them's four, and, you know, but do you know how many times they asked me to go back and look at those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that sweet reminder that you know we're telling the gospel story and that little video is there for it um, record your parents while they're alive get them to tell some family stories get them to tell their faith journey um, so make sure that you do that so I have a great story about a scrapbook um, when my parents had their 50th anniversary Uh, We had a nice family celebration, and I gave them this big, beautiful box. (laughs) And I knew they thought it was a completely made scrapbook, and you know what it was? It was a scrapbook with um, pretty paper in it on each page, and the year that they got married, each year uh, in die cuts printed out, and I gave it to them, and I said, I want to hear your story of what's happened in your marriage. Well, after they got over the shock of an empty scrapbook, they got to work on it. I mean, they were retired. They had the time. The two of them sat together. And for my birthday this year, my parents have since passed away. My mother has been gone five years, and um, my father has been gone, um, I think, three years. And for the the, the book got stopped right before they completed it and for this this year for my birthday one of my daughters took it and completed it for me oh i have a documentation of every year of their married life from 1954 until um 2012 when my mother died every year and they took turns writing one one year my mom would write and the next year my dad would write and it's a fascinating journey that is priceless priceless, um, all because they took the time to be intentional and tell their story. Um, each year when, uh, when my grandchildren turn three, I make them a book on Shutterfly. And I just tell the story of Grammy and them. You know, what have we done together? And they love that. They love to get the, those books out. Look at this, Grammy. Look at you. Look at me. Those are so many things we can do for our children and our children's children to, to tell the story. Like I said, I have a friend who does great artwork. She tells her story through artwork. You know, she um, paints, paints uh, watercolors of people's homes so they can remember where they lived. And, mm-hmm. and the, you know, people in those photos, oh, 
precious. Each of us has a way as a bent that we can do that. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, there are some things that you mentioned that I want to go back and uh, tap into. So first of all, the journals. Just this week I'm going through uh, journals, and I found a journal I forgot I had. It was from just the year 2014 to 2016, and I don't know why I stopped, but I did sometimes stop in 2016. But it was a very fun prayer journal, and that was the only purpose for it. And I remember I had it above my desk, and it must have at some point just gotten removed and I totally didn't remember I had done it which is not abnormal for me <laughs> anyway in this particular in this particular journal I would write down on the left side outside of the line of the paper I would write um, the date and then I would write a heading for the prayer request and then I would write a short just a short one or two sentence description of what was needed there and then I would leave a space, and then whenever I had another prayer request, and some days I'd have a whole bunch, and other days it was the same one over and over or whatever. And what I did, though, is I, when God answered the prayer, I would just put the date, and then I would put an X through that. And as soon as the whole page had all answered prayers, I would put an X in the top right-hand corner of the page. And then I could just go back, and I could check on things, and some of them are still not answered. Some, a few prayers in there are still not answered, but... Wow, most of the prayers were answered, and most of them were answered very quickly. Some of them the same day, some of them within a week or a month, some of them within a year. But, but to us, if it isn't answered the same day, sometimes we get impatient with it, you know. And just to remember uh, some of the stories that we've he- heard here today about the tenacity and the faithfulness to walk on. But anyway, that, that's one of my fun journals. And then, well, that would, be, um, that would make a fun ahead. workshop. That would make yes, a fabulous workshop. And, yes. and journaling right now, I know women who are, who are teaching um, Bible journaling quilts, who are teaching spiritual yes. circle journals, who are, speak, who are teaching prayer journaling, there are, um, who are teaching the Bible journaling. I mean, fascinating. It's a great time. Great time. It is. And it um, is. what a fabulous thing to leave behind. And who knows, Marnie, who knows, maybe someday – the only scripture our relatives may have may be some of what we have written down. Right, in our handwriting, right? Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about notes of encouragement to tuck those like in your Bible or something, that, that was a great idea. And a coworker, a Christian coworker, had told my husband years ago, that, and he actually didn't tell him about it. Dave saw this. He observed it. So the man pulled a file out of his uh, file cabinet at work. And he opened it up, and there was um, a card with a picture of one of his kids in it, and he folded that over, and then he got the paper out that he was going to use with Dave. And Dave's like, what is that? And he goes, well, this is what I do. When my kids give me picture their school pictures or their uh, notes, he said I keep it out for a little while, and then when I'm ready to put it away somewhere, I just randomly stick it in a file. And they surprise and delight me during my work day all the time. <laughs> And I remember to pray for my kids. And it, what a great idea. Just such an amazing idea. And then another one was... couldn't you do was, the same thing with your phone? Couldn't you randomly have a picture? Like on my computer screen, um, when it goes into sleep mode, I have photos that show up. Right. And yep. man, they bring back memories. But couldn't you pause and pray for one of those people that I'm seeing there? 
Yeah, or even just as it goes by. <laughs> Guys, yeah. you need a whole lot of time to recognize your heart. <laughs> That's right. When, you're, when you were talking about your grandkids in the video, what a sweet idea. And one of the things I think about, when you take a picture of someone, when you take a video of someone, when you write someone's name on a card, when you do any of these things, it's back to that very first thing that you told us today, is that you're actually honoring that person. You're, you're actually recognizing that they are valuable. They're valuable enough that I'm going to do this. And I think for little children, first of all, they love to see themselves, but they love to see that they are valuable enough to have someone take a picture of them, have someone take a video of them, and to actually, you know, sew into their lives like that. So I think that's cool. I wanted to talk about the scrapbook too. So I had a different experience. So a few years back, several years ago, I gave my mother-in-law uh, and a book that was, it was called My Life Story or something like that, and I bought it, and it had, it had questions, specific questions, and then it left space for her to write in there. And I was so excited, because she's quite a journaler. She loves to write. And so I thought, this will be the perfect if she'll have, to have fun, you know, remembering things and writing them down for us, and this will be great. So about Easter or Mother's Day or sometime in the spring that year, we were together again. It was long enough, and I said, well, how is this journal going? What do you think of that? And she goes, I can't do it. And I said, really? Why not? And she said, oh, Marnie, it's just all about me. It makes me feel icky. I don't like to do it. So I incubated that, and I thought, wow, I think that that might be the case for other people too. Not everybody, but some people just would feel that way. And so I actually wrote a book. It's called Minute Memoirs, and it's capturing what you can in the minutes you have. And what it is is a shared journal. So there's questions like on page 28, who was the president of the United States when you were born? And it just leaves two lines for each person to put their answer. And then on the right-hand side, it says your name and the date. And you just leave it in the bathroom or on the end table or whatever. A lot of people use them in care center rooms as guest books. And people just come and they just kind of flip to it through until a question catches their attention and then they write their answer down. And so this has been a fun way to capture memories as well. And I, I too, I just value, value so much the history that we've been given uh, by others and God writing the Bible, what a mercy that was. And, you know, just even every author who's ever written anything down, I'm always so grateful for their they're taking the time and the effort to do that. And you guys have the opportunity to do that for others. You can, you can keep a memory that can impact a life later on. Well, this is Marnie, and we're visiting today with Sandra jo- Joseph of RecogniseAndRemember.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to live in such a way that will leave a strong spiritual legacy for everyone in your sphere of influence. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. We are having a great hour today with Sandra Joseph. She's a speaker over at womenspeakers.com, as well as she has a website called recognizeandremember.com. 
she has been married to her husband for 35 years. She has three daughters and three son-in-laws, and she's got some great grandchildren, and she loves to speak at retreats and different things like that. So I hope you'll check out her website at recognizeandremember.com. Sandra, during this last segment, let's talk about how to live in such a way that will leave a strong spiritual legacy for everyone in your sphere of influence. First of all, um, you know, when, when we think about this, it's a different track than our brains are on every day. When we get up in the morning, we're all about the to-do list and, you know, getting things done and making sure we meet the deadlines. And this whole idea of leaving a strong spiritual legacy can leave our thoughts for months or years at a time. So I, I think that it's a, great, it's a great thing to talk about how to do it so that we can at least entertain the idea, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, First of all, you can't pass on what you don't have. So, the, you know, if, if you are not connected to Christ, if, you're, if you feel like your walk is very shallow, I just really encourage you to, to walk a little deeper into God's word, to dig a little deeper, to um, really allow your faith to grow so that you have something of great value to pass on um, and something that the next generation and the next generation will be looking for. So I recently took a class on reflective care, and it was interesting. Um, The class talked about how our lives are impacted by our parents and by their parents and by our grandparents' parents. So three generations back impacts us. Now, you know, really think about that because you have your um, great-great-great-grandparents who impacted, you know, your great-grandparents who impacted your grandparents who impacted your parents who impacted you. I think I put an extra generation in there. I may have. But so if there's a strong uh, spiritual legacy that's coming through there, that's going to continue on, hopefully. I have a great story on this I'd love to share with you. But um, I grew up in Pennsylvania. My husband grew up in Iowa. And we were born about the same time. You know, we both had grandparents who were farmers. Um, Our parents were not farmers. But I remember always hearing about my, grandpa- uh, my husband's grandparents, his paternal grandparents, who prayed for their grandchildren's spouses from before they were born. So that means me, as a little girl growing up in Pennsylvania, I was prayed for um, by this couple in Iowa. Now... Several years ago, we had a big family reunion, and all these, um, all of our children were sitting around. All the cousins' children were sitting around. And I remember um, one of the cousins told the story of these grandparents, which would then be their great-grandparents praying for them and praying for us and praying for us to marry, you know, godly spouses. And he looked at each one of the children, and he said, Now, you were, you know, do you know Jesus? because you were prayed for by these people. What a great spiritual legacy to leave that I was prayed for by a couple that I really don't even know. Um, The grandmother was gone before I came into the picture, and the grandfather was very old, didn't live much longer after I married into the family. 
that's what I want my spiritual legacy to be. I want my children to know that I pray for them, that the message of the gospel is important, and that I want to see their children and their children's children and um, beyond come to uh, spend eternity with me. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, God is faithful for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. Um, so part of that is just being intentional. You know, you have, to, you have to share your stories, you have to dig in, you have to know the scripture, and you have to be able to merge those two together, your life and scripture and what God is doing, recognizing God's faithfulness in your life. And then the next thing is remembering it. And yeah, I know sometimes um, my family kind of rolls my eyes when I start into the same story again or maybe tell something, try to attack it from a little bit different way. But those stories are ingrained. So whether it's by, um, you know, a verbal telling or by a written telling. For instance, I just recently wrote my daughters all notes. They're all mothers now. And um, I just talked about how I see what they're doing as mothers of small children as the same as what I, I did. I remember holding them close and, and assuring them that I loved them and wisping their hair away and just reminding them of the simple touches of a mother's love that they're now doing for their children that hopefully their children will do for their children until the Lord comes. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. I, I know when my kids were younger, they delighted in hearing stories about themselves, stories of what they did when they were toddlers or what they said that was so cute. Or, you know, they just, they, I really, when they're little, you can really tell them as many times as you can tell them. <laughs> they just like them the whole time. <laughs> and when they're older, they'll get, start, they'll get started on, on a storytelling of, oh, remember when we did this? And yeah, they may chuckle a little bit at, and poke fun at some of the parenting decisions we made in the sure. 90s and the, and the 2000s, but it's, but it's fun, and it's retelling that story. And I've also heard my girls tell me, you know what, I am so thankful that we, we saw what you and Dad went through, and we mm-hmm. saw how you remained in there, and, and your faithfulness to God stayed, and that has given them endurance and tenacity that life isn't always going to be easy, but God still remains faithful. So be very, you know, if you're legacy, you know, be very specific about what kind of legacy you want to leave. I have that story of those elderly people in Iowa praying for a little girl in Pennsylvania that they never really <laughs> knew, but I am part of their legacy. And now my children are part of their legacy. And it's a valuable, valuable tool. So beautiful. Well, this hour has flown right by. Sandra, if people go over to your website at recognizeandremember.com, what are they going to find over there? Well, they're going to find um, a beautiful picture of my family if they click on the (laughs) want to know about me. (laughs) And, by the way, there's two more grandchildren coming, so the family picture is already that we just had taken <laughs> is already going to be out of date, and that legacy <laughs> is going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to learn about my biblical life coaching, um, which I just I I life coach with very few uh, women. I'm very 
I only take a, a small number because I really want to invest in them. And then they're also going to learn about how I can come and share speaking with you and facilitating groups. And, um, and then I do also have a blog on that that I would love to share with you as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, you guys want to go check that out. Sandra, thank you so much for your life, your um, faithfulness to God and to your family, your husband and your kids, and, and even to the memories that God has placed in you and how you're teaching others to share those and, and also to capture them and, in a way that will change their lives. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for partnering with us over at womenspeakers.com, and thank you for being here. It has been a great blessing. And, and Marnie, can I just leave you with the reminder that he is so faithful. He is. God is very faithful. And thank you all for being here. It's great to have a radio show. Can't do it without listeners. And uh, it's so wonderful to have you come, whether you come live or whether you're listening to one of the partner stations or to the archives. It doesn't matter. We're so happy to have you and grateful that you join us every week at Marnie's Friends. And I hope that you'll also check out Sandra's site over at recognizeandremember.com as well as swingbymarnie.com and give me a shout out. Thanks for being here today. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Are you an author? Or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You'll learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Check it out today. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com Include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Are you spending too much time at Twitter or frittering away your day at Facebook? Maybe you think you should get involved in social networking, but just don't know how. Either way, my sane social networking principles can help you, just like they help me to be able to interact with my thousands of followers at several different sites in just 15 minutes a day. Check it out at Marnie.com. Sane social networking success in 15 minutes a day.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.